welcome to Show Talk, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. And as you can tell by this really cool intro music, we are going back to The Magicians, episode four, season one. Now, remember when I said in the beginning of episode one in my little intro speech that I have already watched The Magicians, season one, two, and three, and have loved it like unconditionally every episode every time I just I'm a big fan but I said for the purpose of this podcast that I was going to produce and represent every episode as if I've never watched it until we've hit this episode (sighs) sorry I'm just gonna breathe it's fine it's okay but let me tell you of my emotions my emotions are high with this episode and I I can't wait to get right down into it with you but as always we're gonna start off with a quick episode recap of what went down during episode three the consequences of advanced spell casting and then we will move on from there into the BS that is episode four So what actually went down in episode three? We got to meet a lot of new characters and we got to know a little bit more about magic and what magic can do and its components with our characters as well as with the world we have built in Break Bill's university. Like the episodes before it, episode four also came with a strong message that magic comes with consequences it's reflected in the title and it's reflected in what actually goes down at the start of the episode we see the kids just coming into their powers and who they are and what their powers center around we have quentin who's undecided but still is able to pull off very strong magic techniques and uses we have penny who we find out is a traveler as well as a psychic Um, we knew that he was a psychic because he could come into contact with the beast but being a rare traveler is new to us and i can't wait to see what he does with those powers um, from here on out it looks like he's developing it pretty well from this episode we find that uh, alice is actually able to bend light which is a very cool power to have and you would think that now that everything has calmed down with the beast that the kids would just want to focus on honing in on their power and what that would mean to them some of them agree and some of them do not uh one of them being alice quinn who is set on figuring out what exactly happened to her brother charlie we find out that he became a Niffin after trying to save one of his classmates. And a Niffin is just what happens when your magic ends up just burning through you and you're no longer a being. You're more of a power-hungry source of just magic out in the existence. But of course, Alice believes that she can bring him back somehow with a advanced spell of her own, which of course backfires. Q ends up locking her brother inside of a Niffin box to protect not only Alice, but just everyone in general. 
Alice, of course, is hurt and in her feelings at the fact that she's never going to be able to see or help her brother again, decides to leave Break Bills once and for all. And that's that's just how we ended episode three. I mean, I feel like so far what we've learned is one, one of the kids are always trying to leave, whether it's Penny, whether it's Alice, whether it's Quentin. I mean, the only one that's actually trying to stay in Break Bills right now is Julia, and she's not even in break bills. <laughs> but speaking of Julia, let's uh go into episode four and what exactly went down. Now, excuse me if I get a little into my feelings with this episode because every time I watch it or every time I think about it, my whole my whole view of this entire friendship between Julia and Quentin and just Julia in general, it's gone. It's gone. We're removing our prayers from Julia, okay? Every prayer that we've done in episode one, episode two, and episode three, we're removing it, okay? Julia no longer gets prayers just because of the BS that happened. Now, we discussed in episode three that Julia and Quentin were probably not friends anymore. They were on the other side of magic, Julia with the hedge witches, Quentin with break bills. And, you know, we're just not crossing that line when it comes to friendship anymore. But for what Julia did in this episode... You know, I don't I don't think we can come back to this. And it all starts off when we enter the episode and we see Quentin in a mental hospital. Now, if I hadn't watched this episode before, I would honestly believe that he was still stuck in that mental hospital from episode one. Now, remember, in episode one, we do see him talking to his therapist about how he wants to leave the hospital and the doctor saying that she needed him to stay a little bit longer. Fast forward to now, we're led to believe that he's been in the hospital the entire time and that break bills has been something he's created within his own imagination. Everything from the magic to the beast to all of his friends he's created in the physical kid's cottage, it's all a lie. And at first, when I first watched this episode, uh, way back when season one first premiered, I believed so as well. I honestly thought like, wow, we were really bamboozled the last three episodes. Magic really doesn't exist. And maybe that's the whole plot of the entire show. Magic doesn't exist. It's all in our brains. Maybe there's going to be a bunch of metaphors for every episode from here on out. This all changes as I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing every main character we've met so far. There's Elliot flirting even in a robe. There's Penny as a janitor or as a security uh, cleaning up inside the ward as well with an Indian accent, which I know this episode was supposed to be serious, but I was dying. I honestly was laughing so hard at this Indian accent that... Penny was doing and I'm so glad that the real Penny actually called him out on the racistness that is Quentin's brain 
But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked because that was just so funny. Um, and we also see Alice, who is also mentally unhinged, as well as Dean Fogg, who has both of his eyes back, who ends up being a therapist to the rest of the students in the ward. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, this is this. This is this is what it is now. We're we're no longer in break bills. Break bills never existed. The the show is a play on our minds. We've just been thrown off the deep end until I see Julia. Julia who comes walking through the door acting as if she's just a concerned friend continuing on to Yale just checking in on Q until she lets slip that she knows magic and she can see the magic that Quinted has cre- been creating throughout the entire episode to get people to believe that he's a magician and she's laughing at him okay stop no 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 I understand we had a problem in episode three where we were going over whether or not they were still friends but whether you're friends or not you don't do that you don't mess with your friend's mind especially knowing the mental problems they've had from day one. I mean, she even knew he was at the hospital in episode one. She understands the struggles he deals with, with depression and anxiety. And we've even hinted to possible attempts in the past. And this is what you do for revenge, child? <sighs> My emotions, okay? My emotions. And I, I'm guessing you guys probably felt the same way, but my entire outlook on Julia from this episode forward has been changed because that's that's something you can't forgive. I don't I don't care. There's that's just too much. And to see her just working with Marina as if nothing has gone on, uh-uh, no bueno. Especially when it seems like Q is just getting worse and worse. The more he believes that he's in this hospital, the more he believes that he hurt his own dad, the more he tries to interact with those around him and continues to get pushed down into the beliefs that he's not a magician, you can see physically that he's being broken down into some kind of vegetable or a comatose patient and Julia sees this and she confronts Marina about it and Marina just tells her well you started this you liked it there's nothing we can do from there what okay and another thing that made me mad about Julia this entire episode that instead of hearing right off the bat that you might have murdered unintentionally intentionally your ex-bff you don't go and try to do something about and katie katie over here i don't know what chains marina has on katie but she needs to do more because she's not doing anything either and i know it seems that i'm pushing all the blame on julia instead of katie even though katie was right there but it seems like katie 
is not there willingly, unlike Julia. So that changes the game when it comes to uh, what's going on with the two of them and my opinions on the two of them come this episode. And we find out that all of this, even if it just started out with a joke, was all part of Marina's plan. Because, of course, she's a alumni or could have been, would have been, alumni from break bills, although she got kicked out three months before graduation. I want to know why. But seeing as what she's doing now, I'm not surprised. And the plot is, once Q is in this state, the only way to really get him out of it is to use a underworld bug known as the Meta Race that can go uh, and hinder Q's cerebral cortex that'll push him out of the dream spell that Julia and Marina have casted. Now, the only way that the bug can come into Break Bills, however, is if they bring all the wards down. And as they bring all the wards down, that of course leaves the door right open for Marina to walk into along with Julia. And stored within Break Bills is all of Marina's memories from when she got kicked out a few years back. So that means that Marina finally has access to everything she's learned from break bills from when she got there to when she almost graduated. Marina with that much power, I, I don't even want to think about it. But at the same time, I can't even think about that because Q is still dying. Although the Matarace has gone within his body, he still hasn't wake, woken up. Um, from the spell, which leaves us to believe that he may not wake up. And I'm going to give Katie props from actually confronting Julia and letting her know that as Quentin's best friend, she has to do whatever is in her power to let Quentin survive, to help him come back from the spell that she's created, no matter what the consequences. So, of course, Julia tries to say the spell that she's created word for word she thinks that she can help but it's a little too late a little too late because although the matter race has done its work he's still not waking up and mentally if you go back into his own worldscape that he's created he's in his own little version of fillory and further with the madness maker also known as ellis worlds down who instead of wanting to live in the real world centered around playing one game with Jane Chatwin and basically he became stuck in this abyss that he created for himself and of course the only way to break this spell or this abyss that he's created is to stop playing the game and it's for Jane to convince Q to stop playing. Q is over here feeling sorry for himself honestly and with everything that happened to him mentally I I would be too but he thinks that he's not worth it and he's tired and he just doesn't want to be in the real world anymore so this world that the madness maker has created is technically perfect for him where he can just stay and be alone and just be done but he comes through in the end and decides to stop playing the game and start living his life. And I've never been so much prouder at the fact that he's come back to life from this mental mind game spell that has been casted upon him. And we can just continue on as normal 
with break bills and are studying and learning magic because that is the goal, if anything. Julie, on the other hand, is facing the music after she's confronted by Marina for letting Dean Fogg in on what they actually did. And for this, she's shunned from both the Hedgewitches and Breakbills. So now she has no magic. And all I can say to that is karma. Karma. Because that's what she gets. And I don't know what she's going to do from now on. Because clearly magic has been just a big part of her life so far. And like I said in past episodes, and I'll say it again, magic for her and for a majority of the students is like a drug. And to get it taken away so abruptly, nobody wants to quit cold turkey. And who knows what that's going to do to her from now on. But So no prayers for Julia this episode because of Matt. And we're not going to do that for her. And we're going to see what happens to her in episode five. But right now, I don't care. (laughs) But yeah, I'm still in my feelings, obviously. Uh, This episode was just a lot. I think it was really well done, though. I love that we got to see Q's mind, even though it was a spell created by Julia. It was powered, basically, by everything that was Q's fears and it's great to see that Penny is evolving really well or adapting really well to his powers. He's even able to travel minds. I mean we we knew that he could travel worlds last episode but travel into your own conscience now like that's pretty cool. Uh, We still haven't seen anything from Alice so here's to thinking that she's actually gone. Uh, Marina is has now unlocked all the mysteries and teachings that she's gotten from when she used to study at break bills. Who knows what she can do now? And I'm worried. Honestly, I, I don't want to see Marina 2.0 because I already didn't like Marina 1.0. So, ugh, ugh, man, I'll see you guys episode 5. But as always, if you like this episode, if you liked me, share it with your friends, share it with your family, but keep on talking.